0: this baby Woo! for my ally is the force and a powerful ally it is life creates it makes it grow <sighs> its energy surrounds us and binds us luminous beings so are we not this crude matter you must feel the force around you here between you
1: I am a Jedi, like my father before me.
0: You don't know the power of the dark side. Strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got
1: a bad feeling about this.
0: Welcome to episode 73, I believe, of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart.
1: And I'm your host, Will Witten.
0: Back again at it this week with Star Wars discussion, some Star Wars news. We got a big story this week. Last week after we did the trailer, I was like, oh, we won't really have anything to talk about next week. Wrong. We did that shit at the same time. Uh, before we get into discussing all that business, I should give you guys the, the business. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at blueharvestpod. Email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, you can buy our stuff, shirts and whatnot, at tpublic.com slash blueharvestpodcast. good stuff yeah yeah um so how's your week been buddy
1: been pretty good pretty chill
0: that's cool that's cool Uh, you're a little low i'm I'm gonna raise your volume up a little bit
1: turn the music up in the headphones that's
0: right um you know what i've been doing a little bit of this week we actually i didn't i forgot to mention it to you last week because uh because we are so amped up on the trailer but i've been playing the new gears of war
1: oh how's that
0: it's. It is pretty. I mean, look, it's a Gears of War game. You old Marcus. No, no, Marcus's son J.D. It takes oh. place twenty-five years after Gears of War three.
1: Way in the future. Yeah, uh, old Marcus is in it. A
0: threat. It. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how sensitive people are to this kind of information, but, spoiler alert for Gears of War four, if you give a shit. Uh, yes, sort of. So after the events of three, they like buried all the locust bodies in this sort of mass grave down, way down deep in these mines. And there's like this crystalline stuff that started covering their bodies. Right. Right. I, I guess it's sort of like crystallized, um, emulsion. Yeah. And it started covering their bodies and now they've sort of cocooned up and 25 later years later hatched, it's something else that's basically just different looking locust. I mean, every one of the old locust types are back. They just look different and have a few different abilities and stuff.
1: Okay. That sounds cool.
0: Yeah, and um the horde mode is fun. Uh as usual. I've 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 not gotten to play <coughs> as much of it in general as I'd like because um because of work and stuff, but Steve and I are getting sort of close to the end of the campaign. We play it like for an hour here and there when we both have some free time. Great. And then uh, last Saturday or Friday, I played some Horde mode with Nick and Jeff and Jeff's buddy David and
1: Vader Nick or Tricky Nicky. Uh,
0: Vader Nick, not Spoopy Nick. Not Spoopy Nick. Yeah, too many Nicks, man. Because there is there's no, that's also the Tricky Nick, Tricky, Nick, Tricky yeah. Nicky, Spoopy there's Nick,
1: Spoopy Nick, and Vader Nick.
0: Yep um and someone else am i missing someone no i guess not oh berkeley jumped in at one point well anyway uh we were supposed to be playing alongside uh you know vader nick's son jordan but he's a sleepy boy and fell asleep
1: he is dude he falls asleep after like 10 p.m
0: he's he's got old man hours and i'm the old man jordan i know you listen jordan your dad told me you still listen so listen up I'm planning on getting on some Gears of War after this podcast, and if you're not there, that's strike your sl- that's three strikes your sleepy ass is out. I don't know what get you're some out coffee. Of.
1: Tell your dad you're drinking decaf. <laughs>
0: uh, but anyway, um, it's been it's been a fun time. I'd like to play a little more, but it's not uh, anything uh, leaps and bounds different than other Gears of War games
1: torque bow long shot yeah two of my favorite weapons couple of new um couple of new weapon types of course the hammer of dawn but talk about overkill
0: you know what i was just thinking about it i don't think i've used a hammer of dawn yet it may not be in it
1: that's okay i mean it's totally op but i liked it
0: um but yeah it's a good time um, not exactly Star Wars related, but what are you gonna do? Sometimes you've got to go off on a on more tangents than pre-calculus. Yep. <laughs> I actually stole that joke from Will. We he said that shit right before we started recording. You know, I'm a generous
1: guy. I'll let you have it.
0: Um, so I guess we should hit the big Star Wars news this week. Um, the biggest thing uh, actually broke today. So. We're lucky to uh, be able to cover this so quickly. They have officially cast Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian in the Star Wars Han Solo spinoff movie anthology.
1: Which is going to be great. And if any of you are not familiar with him, he is the artist Childish Gambino. And he is on Community.
0: Yep. He was also in the movie The Martian. And he was also he's also going to be in the newest Spider-Man movie. And he's got a new show on FX called Atlanta. Um, the dude uh, has been in other movies and stuff, too. Those are just the ones that uh, spring to mind. You know where how he got his start? This is interesting. Oh. as a writer on 30 Rock. He is quite talented. He is like
1: talk about triple quadruple threat.
0: Um, so, yeah, I am looking really forward to to uh him playing Lando. And um you know, look, is it a surprise that we're getting young Lando in the Han Solo movie? Not really. But uh I'm glad we are. Like I'm stoked about it. And I'm stoked with the casting. Um what was I going to say? Oh. So apparently like, you know, they saw a ton of people for Han Solo and You know, sort of the the word has been that they've also they also saw a lot of people for Lando, so that makes me think he probably just nailed the audition.
1: Which, but I mean, you know, as I'm sure his character on Community is as familiar with the realm of science fiction as he is in real life. Like you would like to think. From what I understand, he's incredibly intelligent, Um, so it's not a surprise to me that he nailed a Lando Calrissian at all.
0: Right. And I wonder if it's, you know, that's the thing that's going to be interesting is, you know, Alden Ehrenreich, who's playing Han Solo, is he going to be doing sort of a Harrison Ford impression, you know? And same thing with uh, with Donald Glover. Is he going to be doing like a Billy D. Williams sort of impression? Do you know what I mean? Or is I know it gonna, exactly what you mean. Or is it going to be like, they just sort of let them do their own thing and You know, let the audience, you know, the audience can just fuck up. I
1: I hope they own it, you know, in a way that it's fresh and unique. But it, you know, as long as the attitude, like to me, the accents, you know, the way they speak and all that doesn't have to be the same. But that attitude, like, you know, Han Solo has to have that, you know, air of slight arrogance that he's the shit and he knows it. Right. And, you know, and um, Lando Calrissian has to be charming as, you know. Cool as the other side of the pillow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know those I, those uh, character aspects, I'm sure will be there. Um, I'm just uh, now the question is, the Millennium Falcon. Who's got the Millennium Falcon at this time?
1: I mean, I you have if you put Lando in that movie, you have to see Lando lose it. Like you've got to see the wager. And you've got to see Lando lose the wager and Han win it in a big epic way and take the Falcon. And, you know, you got to see Lando be all crazy that he lost it.
0: Right. Definitely. I could definitely see that. Um, and we know Chewie's going to be involved. We know. I think that's about it. You know what I want now? Boba Fett casting. Give it to me. Boba Boba Fett casting and you guys will get an emergency podcast of just me fucking squealing for 25 minutes or some shit I don't know
1: you you want to know what it was like when the Beatles came to America <laughs> that's cast, gonna be me cast Boba Fett and Hawes will show you
0: yeah well I'll be fainting and shit it'll be like a fucking Michael Jackson concert in 1983 when he goes in the fucking man in the mirror I'll be <laughs> Um, so, uh, it's interesting because if you think about it, there's going to be kids who see the Han Solo movie probably before they see any other Star Wars movie, you know? So for a certain future generation, there's going to be kids that Alden Ehrenreich and uh, now Donald Glover are going to be be more their Han and Lando than Harrison and Billy D. And
1: uh, while I, I see what you're saying, but I feel like it, it's going to, ha- Han's going to have to have several movies for them, for that to be more so their Han Solo than. Absolutely.
0: Than Absolutely. Harrison Ford. No, I, I know. I, I agree 100%. Like if for some reason this Han Solo movie came out and was like universally panned or bombed, then yes. But I have a feeling that we're probably going to at least get a trilogy of Han Solo movies. If it, if it goes, if it's received well and, and it does well at the box office, then I think that's sort of an easy way. Cause like, I don't really think you can sequelize rogue one, you know, I think it was just intended to be its own sort of standalone side story. You know, I mean movie. and
1: you you've got if you if you do a trilogy of Han Solo you've got several things you're going to have to squeeze in there but not and I don't mean squeeze but you're going to have to show the Kessel run you know you're going to have to show uh how he fell in with Jabba as a smuggler you know you're going to have to show him dump cargo dump cargo you know once he's you know gets boarded by imperials you're going to have to show the life debt with Chewie you know there's right. a lot you're gonna have to cover, not a lot, but
0: yeah, I just hope um there's if, lots of fodder, I guess, is what I mean. I just hope if we are gonna see all that, it's not all crammed into the first movie,
1: no, and that's what I'm saying. like you cannot cram all that in the first movie, like to do it justice, it would need to be three,
0: right, right, um so now that we've got our new Alden Aaron Reich or our new Han Solo in Alden Ehrenreich, and we've got our new Lando and Donald Glover. Um, and then, you know, a few months ago, I guess back around the time Civil War was out in the theaters, people really started comparing Sebastian Stan, who plays the Winter Soldier, to Mark Hamill, and they did Photoshop's, like... Where
1: all they did was put his hair on, you know? Put his hair, put young Luke's hair on Sebastian Stan's face... And that, it was incredible. It yeah. was absolutely incredible.
0: Well, uh, have you seen the newest one that's going around?
1: What's the newest one?
0: Uh, it's Millie Bobby Brown, who played Eleven in um, Stranger oh, yeah. Things. Stranger as, Things um, was incredible. As uh, Princess Leia. No way. Yeah.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. I'm pulling that up right now. Hold on.
0: And um, I got to say, man, like I, I can see it.
1: Here we go. Here we go. Hold on. Googling. And we've got it. Oh, dude. Right? Oh, dude. She looks very similar to a young Carrie Fisher. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can totally and, see
1: it. You know, my question is what would you do? How, as awesome as it is, you know, to be aware of those likenesses, I don't know that you can really tell stories in the in that time frame anymore you know like
0: now see with sebastian stan the thing is is i think he would be good for luke skywalker post return of the jedi if they ever wanted to do movie a movie set after return of the jedi in between the force awakens i think he could play you know that version of luke i don't think they would go back uh, less so than a a before a new hope leia movie i really don't see a new uh a need for a, a bef- before new hope luke movie cuz no. luke really wasn't doing anything i mean know? that's that's kind of what
1: gives a new hope its impact is right. that luke is a farm boy that's had no adventure in his life i could see a young princess leia movie now that would be kind of neat you know it if you and see the thing is though is you're already made that movie basically you made rogue one and if she has really no hand in that what could she be doing with the rebellion
0: well you know in rebels we've seen her and that's true she is the same age as ezra and in rebels she's she's doing some shit she's like um like uh
1: She's rebelling.
0: Stealing or, like, faking the transfers. some ships. Like, helping the rebels steal some ships. So she's still sort of pretending to be a good little imperial citizen. But Now, get
1: this. I'm getting ready to bait you, okay? I'm just going to tell you that right now. Are you
0: going to masturbate me?
1: Uh-huh. I am the master. Uh, what about a movie in between episode four and five with Sebastian Stan as Luke... Millie Bobby Brown as Princess Leia and Aaron Aldenreich as Han Solo
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, where you see what they were up to in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and the encounter on Ord Mandel with uh, whoever's cast as the new Boba Fett
0: I would watch that movie like just a cool like almost a better version of the kind of stories they're telling in Marvel Comics Right yeah. now, that's set in between a New Hope and Empire. The thing right. is, is Millie Bobby Brown. This this movie would have to wait a while because she's like twelve, you know. Right. And she would need to age up a little bit to play Leia at that. I mean,
1: seventeen time. at the earliest, I would think.
0: You at know. the earliest, you know, because what was Carrie Fisher was like eighteen for a New Hope. I, I think, think so. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Um, so. Yeah, I I think she would have to age up. But the general idea, like that kind of story, um, I would totally be down with. I would even be down with a fucking Shadows of the Empire style story. I definitely don't want to see an adaptation of um Shadows of the Empire. But if they wanted to sort of restructure it and change some things around, like... <laughs> like nothing is more 90s star wars to me than the character dash rendar
1: dash rendar and his knockoff millennium falcon
0: like don't get me wrong when shadows of the empire started coming out and they did the book and the video game and the fucking soundtrack and the toys and all that stuff i was all in me too crazy man
1: i mean what is it dash rendar and um the villain is like zizor or something like that
0: our buddy Uh, steve our good buddy boston steve boston accent steve one of the very first voice messages he ever sent us was correcting on us, correcting us on this on the the uh the pronunciation of this guy's name um and i think we were saying zizor or whatever I think it's She-Zor. Prince zor I okay. believe is what.
1: Because he was a pretty cool villain, from what I can remember, he was it's rapey. like he had the whole the Bruce Lee thing, where he had the suit that would like flex your muscles, basically work your muscles out for you. I think. God, it's been a long time. I could be wrong.
0: It has been a long time. I just remember him being really rapey and like his quote unquote superpower was his, was his pheromones, right? Remember. Seduction. And like he would like, basically emit a stink. The dude would basically rip ass, but it, it, it was something about it. Ladies were like, mm, "I want to fuck this green lizard guy right now." Yeah. Um, and and then you know the part where they all sort of disguise themselves as bounty hunters, and that's when Leia gets the Boosh outfit for the first time, and yep. Chewie is like got a flat top and a fucking eye patch. Yep nothing is more 90s than like you know a lot of people have been saying uh, Rogue One looks like what a new hope would look like if George Lucas made it in 2016 with that budget and I was like okay yeah I, I guess I could see it. Shadows of the Empire looks like if George Lucas was fucking making a Star Wars movie in the 90s or
1: 1989
0: yeah right on the cusp
1: Right before Nirvana.
0: <coughs> yeah, yeah. Um, man. Like, I, I want to go back and play that Shadows of the Empire game, but something tells me that shit does not hold up well.
1: It, I, I have the feeling, you know, we romanticize, but I have the feeling it would disappoint. And um, the, I, I just throwing it out there, probably the best way to do it, you could play it on PC, but I would say the best way to do it would probably be on Nintendo 64, and the reason it makes me feel like it would disappoint is because it's the same thing happened with Goldeneye. You know, I romanticize Goldeneye in my mind because me and my cousins would stay up till 6, 7 a.m. You know, we'd start at 9, 10 the night before and play all night. James Bond, Goldeneye, the first shooter that, like, created the genre where people just played that nonstop. And uh, right. I went back and played it one time and I was like this this kind of sucks. It sucks a little bit.
0: Yeah, you know, I hate to be that guy, but sometimes like I am sort of a a graphics, I don't want to say snob, but like I definitely appreciate good video game graphics. And it's part- hard, sometimes it's hard unless you go real retro and I'm talking like NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis like that sprite-based video game artwork and visual style, I think it's just sort of classic. And that's just to me. There's probably plenty of kids. Like if I showed Jordan, uh, Nick's son, uh, Final Fantasy three of the super Nintendo, he'd be like, what is this shit? You Somebody know what I'm get saying?
1: this game boy crap out of my
0: face. And me, if he even
1: knew what a game boy was.
0: Uh, No, but see, I think he's probably like a DS kid, if anything. Like, I think, actually, Jordan's an Xbox kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man, the Game Boy. I remember when the Game Boy hit, and that shit went over like gangbusters.
1: Dude, like, my aunt had a Game Boy. My dad had a Game Boy. My dad had a Game Boy,
0: too, just to play fucking Tetris. He never put another cartridge in it besides Tetris.
1: My dad had this alligator pinball game, and he played Kirby. You know, the original Kirby.
0: That's cool. I've been playing um, Super Star Wars on my PlayStation. They, yeah. they have it up for download. They actually have a few um, sort of older Star Wars games for download up on the uh, PlayStation Network. They have Super Star Wars. They have Bounty Hunter, that PlayStation 2 Django Fett game. Yeah. Um, they have one of the Pod Racer games, and I think Starfighter or Jedi Starfighter up there to download. And yeah. I got Super Star Wars and Bounty Hunter and uh, I haven't played Bounty Hunter yet because of what we're talking about. Like I'm afraid I'm gonna start playing it and being like, This looks like ass. What am I doing?
1: You know, one of the flight the last flight simulators that was really cool that I really enjoyed on the Nintendo sixty four was that Rogue Squadron game. Um that All was of really those cool. Were,
0: those were good and the ones on the GameCube were good. Those have one one are those are also some games I, I would like to go back and play.
1: Um, and, and one that holds up for me, and this may sound ridiculous and everybody may disagree, but Star, Star Fox for the 64, awesome, awesome game, yeah. still awesome to this day.
0: I actually have um, that on my 3DS, and it does hold up. It, all it is is a 3D port of the 64 game. It's not changed at all, and it is pretty tight still, pretty tight, Um I get, well, hey, more tangents than fucking calculus. Have you seen the new Nintendo console?
1: Uh, yeah, kind of. It's like the controller that breaks apart and fits on two sides of a screen.
0: Okay, so, it's called the Nintendo Switch, and I'm gonna be completely honest, it is the first Nintendo console that's actually gotten me sort of excited since probably the 64. I had a GameCube, but it was kind of just one of those things were like well i've had every nintendo system i got to get a gamecube
1: the awesome thing about the gamecube to me was the continuation of super smash brothers and mario party you know like the game to me the gamecube didn't have anything that really broke the mold except for carrying on the mantle of smash brothers and the mantle of mario party
0: there's there to be fair to the gamecube there's a pretty extensive pretty good library but yeah Smash Brothers on it is good. The Mario Kart on GameCube was, eh, it was okay. Um, I still prefer the 64 one over that. Though, although, who knows? I haven't played that in years. Yeah. Um.
1: Double Dash, I think is what it was.
0: It was Double Dash. And, uh, Melee. Super Smash Brothers Melee. Yeah. Uh, there was a game, Um There was
1: Mario Sunshine, which Mario is pretty Sunshine, good. Mario pretty Luigi's good. Luigi's Mansion.
0: Eh, not a huge fan. Um. Uh, shit. Resident Evil four.
1: Yeah, that was good. Um, but didn't that come out on other? No, maybe I'm thinking about five.
0: No, four came out first on GameCube and then I believe it did get, uh, ported ported eventually, but first it came out. Um, so, you know, there was good stuff on, but anyway, uh, the switch. So it is a portable home console, meaning when you're at home, it's got a dock, That you put it down in right, and then play it on your TV, and it's got um, the switch controllers, which when it's in its mobile form, like snap on to the left and the right side. Yeah. But when you have it docked, you can take those and put it on, put them together on a hub, and it makes like a normal video game controller. Right. And they also have like a pro controller that 100% looks like Nintendo's version of the Xbox One controller.
1: I mean, I am interested. Like, get I am interested to see uh, it's something else that just came to mind. The Metroid, the Metroid game for GameCube Prime. was good. Yeah, Metroid Prime, that Prime was good. Was good. Um, um, but you know, I feel like Met, I not Metroid. I feel like Nintendo has been fighting to stay relevant in the console wars. And the one thing that made the Wii relevant to me, just personally, um, it was it was the first one that had the whole hand remote. Yeah, uh, the motion control, but motion, you know what?
0: It, but it everybody had a Wii. But right. It so, almost became as widespread, maybe more. I don't know what the sales were like on any of these. But like but, when you were I mean, a kid and everybody had a Nintendo, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I mean, it, it caught that same magic, you know, that same broad scale magic. But if that's if that's what's groundbreaking about your console is that it comes with Wii Sports and that's all anybody ever really plays on it. You know, I don't consider that breaking the mold or pushing the bounds or no. keeping relevant with the other console wars. Now, you know, if if Nintendo is going to create its own little niche to where that's what it does, it's very good at that. You know, the the Xbox is, you know, I feel like second in trying to make it a family console, and the only reason it does that, I believe, is how it ties into everything else, like Netflix. Your right. TV, your cable, the ability to control it with your voice—you know—all that is what makes it relevant to the rest of the family. Not that ever, not that the rest of the family really want to play the Xbox. Uh, PlayStation, I think, is you know trailing because it does all that same stuff, but well, I, guess I mean, not it in terms did it all. of
0: sales, man. Xbox right. is taking a beating this generation as far as right. distance and sales, and it was sort of opposite during the last generation although playstation did catch up eventually but at Mm -hmm. at first playstation 3 was like a joke you used to rag on me about having a playstation 3 instead of an xbox 360 i'll tell our listeners
1: why Because uh, I'd be playing my Xbox 360 and Hawes would be like, I'd come over and Hawes would be like, oh boy, you know, a week till my PS3 comes out, a week till the PS3 drops. Hey, Will, you want to come over and play some PS3? But that was just
0: genuine excitement. It was, it was, and
1: you were happy about it. But the funny thing was, what happened the day it dropped?
0: No, it wasn't even the day it dropped. Like three, Because I stood in line for the PlayStation 3. And I paid, that thing was a $600 system. Insane, right? Insane. And I was in college, and I went to the casino with our buddy Josh, who's been on the show before. Yeah. And I put some money in a slot machine. And I am not a big casino guy. Like, like I like playing poker with my friends and stuff, but, like, going to the casino and stuff just seems like, oh, great, I'm going to lose a bunch of money that I could have spent on Star Wars stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we were going and we we're having a good time, so I put some money in, and I fucking hit four hundred dollars on my first slot machine pull. Like we go in, put some money into a slot machine, and immediately win. And I was I like, know, look. right, like, and I was like, fuck it, I'm done. So I just drank while everybody else played, and then I turned that four hundred bucks into a PlayStation Three. Like it went on sale or for pre-order like a week later. And I put that money down and then traded some stuff in. <clears throat> so I'm all excited, right? They call me like two or three days because I was the last person that was allowed to pre-order one. Like I got the last pre-order. They call me and they go, uh, we are not going to get enough units in so you won't be getting your PlayStation at launch. Defeated, son.
1: Yeah, and then I would come over and uh, you know it would be the day the PlayStation was supposed to come out, and I'd be like, "Hey, Hawes, did you get that PlayStation?" And he would be like, "Will, like, you, it, it's not funny." And then I'd come over the next day and be like, "So, wh- where's your PlayStation, buddy? Like, did it did it come in yet?" Knowing good and damn well it wasn't coming in for like another week, and you would get so mad,
0: like, Cause, not cause almost. You were fucking. You were uh, you poking at me, man. I was he's so excited about my new PlayStation. And they're like, No, you can't have it. And I was like, fuck. And then you do the I, I became that annoying customer that called him like once a day, like, when are you getting new PlayStations in? When are you getting new Playstations in? Hey man, when are you getting Playstations in? And finally, <laughs> I think they let me cut up in line a little bit to pick mine up because I bothered them so much. He
1: like it almost ended our friendship. <laughs> in the no, early stages before no. it started because Hawes was like, "Will, you're? Re- I, I know you think that's funny, but you're really hurting my feelings every time you say that. And I was like, oh man, I'm sorry. I was just wondering where your PlayStation was at. Brutal. Ha- Hawes was not having the jokes about his non-existent PlayStation. But fair enough, once it came in, we played Fight Night till the break of dawn.
0: <laughs> Uh-oh
1: draw the wind deep into your lungs
0: <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs>
0: me, and goose,
1: would, me and goose would play the slugging <laughs> game like we would try to land haymakers on one another in fight night and and jeff too jeff ling he, he was that crazy button masher guy that would press all the yep. combos for that instant ko i was like no no that's not that's that's crap that's not actually fighting Trying to you know jab jab haymaker weigh each other down, and then Goose Payne was like, "Hey man, you want to dip? You ever you oh ever, ever tried to dip?
0: Oh my I like, god, oh, I forgot about this.
1: I, I never dipped. Let me uh let me put a dip in. We you know. both and dipped then,
0: for the first time sitting on my couch playing, playing fight night. Playing fight night on a PlayStation three, and, and the
1: first time was really good. Like I got I got a huge nicotine buzz. <laughs> my jaw went a little numb, got all tingly, lightheaded. And then the next like the next time I came over and did it put a dip in and that for some reason that fight was particularly ten- intense like it was going rounds between me and Goose and like I guess it was between the adrenaline rush and the dip in my mouth and maybe I swallowed some but I started turning green like Oh
0: started I th- turning green I threw up too, up I bit. threw up the first time and Goose thought that shit was so funny just laughing at me
1: Oh man <laughs>
0: Yeah! That um,
1: dip got your dinner.
0: <laughs> oh man, you got a little bit of that dippy, and now look at you. Look at you. What's wrong, Halls? Look at me. Look at me, Halls. What's wrong? If you are uh, the slightest bit fucked up around Goose and he's not, he likes to fuck with you. Have you he ever likes noticed to that? He make you drink more. Oh, yeah, he does.
1: Goose is the guy that wants you to be drunker than he is. Goose. And he's usually, he's not like slightly drunk.
0: No, no. When Goose decides to throw down, he throws down.
1: But he wants to make sure you are on the level right above him.
0: Or right along with him. Although, like, you know, I don't have the alcohol tolerance Goose does. So, like... Not what? anymore. Halls, what's... What, buddy, what's was your drink, man? Oh, oh, man. What's that drink level out, Halls? You want to watch me play some Borderlands? <laughs> <laughs> uh sorry guys sorry it's been a long week and Dude, uh i'm more tangents enjoying than my friday right what's that
1: more tangents than precalculus,
0: right <laughs> you damn right okay so you want to do a little email and uh and cut this uh ramblin Ramble on. cut this shit out cut it cut, yep. cut okay yep Well, first, we got a voice message from Richie from Boston, and uh, this is what he had to say. See if I can't do this without messing it up this time. Always be messing this up. All right.
1: Oz, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf
0: herder. Just one thing (laughs) about the accent. Oh, by the way, this is your buddy Richie. Um, Your name... Will always be Richard Hawes Burkhart, and your podcast will always be called Blue Harvest. So, if you can get over that, then you can get over the accent, my friend. Oh, I love a damn Boston accent,
1: dude. We need to get him to cut in. Like, oh, you know.
0: I was just as I was playing that, I was like, you know what? We, what if we just did like. <laughs> So, cause you know, our buddy, um, Steve does the blue harvest baby. Woo. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it. He does it so much better. Um, he does it at the beginning. I was thinking, what if I cut in halls? I don't, I'm not going to try the accent, but halls, you stuck up scruffy looking nerve herder, uh, somewhere in the theme song. We got to see, I got to go back and listen to his messages to see if he says anything about you so we can cut that in too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, in case he hasn't, <clears throat> Richie um, could always leave another voicemail.
1: I just, like, it'd be cool, like, for the music to fade out and him be like, I'm Richie from Boston, listening to Blue Harvest." Like, that would be, that's it. Like, that's all you really need.
0: Like, that'd be great. <laughs> Update the theme song a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So our next. Oh, by the way, Richie also sent in his book report for the new Ahsoka book. Oh, Richie, okay. Richie, I'm gonna hold on to that just because uh, I want to discuss it with you, Will, and I want to yeah. finish it first. I just got it the other day and just okay. barely cracked it open. Um, and we'll we'll save Richie's email until then and include it in a bigger part of the discussion because, and also want to give any of our listeners um, time to read it that haven't yet. Cause I'd like to discuss it in pretty big detail. Um, right on anyway. Our next email is from our buddy, Michael greeting halls. And oh, no, this is going to be a rough one tonight, guys greeting greetings halls and will. <laughs> so I came to a horrible realization the other day regarding rogue one and the toys and collectibles that are out on the market. I'll never get to see any of the Rogue One characters in the form of an excellent Disney Infinity miniature. I'm not a huge collector, but I did pick up a handful of the gorgeous Infinity miniatures of my favorite characters. It kills me to know I'll never see any of the Rogue One characters in that Disney Infinity glory. If by some magical gift you guys could pick a single Rogue One character to have made into a Disney Infinity miniature, who would you pick? Myself, I'd pick Krennic every time. He, in all of his white cape splendor, would have made a fantastic miniature. I can almost see the character perfectly in those sleek, stylized lines that the Infinity Minis Minis did so well, perched on my shelf. Anyways, keep up the fantastic podcasting, lads. Your pal, Mike. Uh, Did you? You've seen my Disney Infinities. Yeah, you've seen my Disney Infinity figures, right?
1: Yeah, I have. You got a great collection.
0: They are cool, man. And the game was okay. Like, you know, the most fun I had with that game was just playing co-op with Jesse. Um just cuz it's not super involved. It's sort of just a a hack and slash beat 'em up. Um, very
1: from what I understood, very Star Wars Lego like, very like the Lego games.
0: Not You're not far off with that. To be completely honest, um, so yeah, I think um, the Rogue One stuff would have been awesome. There, get you that.
1: I just had this uh, idea. You know, the one solace I may give him is that um, I guarantee there is an artist that attends a comic con that you could commission the Rogue One characters in Disney Infinity style. You know, a series of art that way, and I bet. You'd be really happy with what came out of that.
0: Man, you know what What I would think would be cool is if... And look, this would not exactly be legal. Lucasfilm would probably really look down on this. But, uh, you know, with with, the 3D printing, what's to stop some entrepreneurial young artist with a 3D printer and some skills and character design to 3D print little figures in the style of Disney Infinity figures, you know? brilliant and if i had that kind of artistic skill and the money to get a 3d printer i would do that just for my own collection (laughs) right and uh the one hard thing would be getting the paint jobs down because the paint like it's fucked up like there's better paint quality on these disney infinity figures like paint application than on a lot of the hasbro stuff i'm saying this like turning and looking at both examples of both as I talk right. um, as far as who I would have liked to see from the cast as a Disney infinity figure krennic absolutely you always got to have so let's do a set like what was the the average set for a movie for force awakens they did Poe Ray, Kylo Finn so four, four to five figures for a set for the movie so if they did like a rogue one set it would probably be krennic uh jen
1: jen k2so4 oh
0: that's who k2 that's my answer that's who i would want to see in a disney infinity figure k2so that's just it
1: oh yeah k2so
0: Um, yeah it's tough because it's such a big cast because i would like a churret and a bays as well and
1: bays you know you to me you'd make it five and you'd put those two in there um not that i feel like you can leave everybody else out but the ones that would look the best in figurines those
0: yeah because the one thing that i would say is a bummer is there's a couple of sets that they did like that i would like more figures in like they didn't do a hera for rebels yeah and that would have been awesome they didn't do any of the droids fucking um c3po and r2 would have been cool in the disney infinity droid lives matter (laughs) in the disney infinity style um shit I mean, the prequels, like, I would have liked a Django, a General Grievous, Disney Infinity would have been badass. Throw me some, like, it's too much, man. I think it was Gentle Giant that did, have you ever seen those animated maquette statues that Gentle, I think it was Gentle Giant that did it. No. Um It was kind of, I think they started sort of around the time the uh, Jindy, Tarakoski, um, Clone Wars was on TV and it was basically um statues of other characters like original trilogy characters and stuff done in that animated style. Oh, awesome. And they're really cool. They're really cool. There's something that I'm probably gonna try to hunt down someday, but they're a little pricey as well.
1: The Anakin and the Obi-Wan Kenobi from that series are are great, would look cool in those little statues. Yeah. The Commander Cody as well.
0: Or Rex, like there's a lot of cool ones they could have done. Yep. Um It just sucks that that like I was into uh, the figures at least. Um It just sucks that they couldn't keep that going. That, apparently they were hemorrhaging money on that project. Um The only
1: place where General Grievous actually seemed menacing to me that that Clone Wars series.
0: Yeah. Yeah, scary. They like they almost do it like a horror movie reveal. In that original Clone Wars where you don't see him and they're all trapped inside that bunker and stuff and he's like picking them off one by one. Right. It's really cool. Um, let's see. Who would you like to did you have a specific Well, I mean pretty much everybody is what we said. Fucking yeah. Death Trooper would look cool. Tank Trooper I mean, oh, fuck, yeah. There's so much you could do. Oh, all right. Well, we got one more email, and it's our from our buddy, the king of all toms, King Tom, his highness King Tom. Boom, 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 boom. That was dumb. All's well <laughs> looking. For- <laughs> <laughs> Hawes and Will, looking forward to the upcoming The Force Awakens release with J.J.'s commentary. The comment of his about what Kylo was going through on the bridge has reopened the whole, can Kylo be redeemed argument. During that argument, the pro-redemption side always goes back to the scene in Sith where Vader killed the chamber full of Padawans. Let me ask you this, was that scene necessary? To me, it feels like that most people don't like the scene i sure as hell don't the only reason is there is to prove how deep into the dark side darth vader fell when he chose to follow sidious but doesn't the audience already know he's evil isn't this scene just overkill thinking of this thing has gotten me formulating a theory in my head just go with me here what if vader entered the chamber nodding to not intending to kill the padawans What if he was going to let them be the first class in the Darth Plagueis Memorial Institute for future Inquisitors? However, that one snot-nosed brat just had to call him Master Skywalker, fully conscious that Anakin Skywalker was never a Jedi Master. So Vader flew off the handle, the insult too much to bear, and killed the kid and all of his friends. Now that would make the scene necessary, or partially necessary. Thanks for reading. Now I'm going to go watch Kia D. Mundy's death scene on repeat. Your pal, King Tom. King of all Toms, King Tom.
1: You know, this scene causes (laughs) physical anxiety within me because you know precisely how I feel about how Anakin's fall to the dark side and was portrayed. And it's just
0: it's it is really it it seems like it happens really quick. When you and and it's not fair to include this because it was made after the fact, but when you take into effect you know the prequels plus the clone wars, it seems less quick, you know what I'm saying? Right. It seems like it's sort of gradual and he bra- it gets to a big breaking point basically. But I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean.
1: You know, and and, and then, then his justification with Obi-Wan on Mustafar. Like, from my opinion, the Jedi are evil, so you go slaughter a school full of children. Like, oh, just... I mean, I know why it had to happen. I know that he's a Sith Lord then. I know his fall to the dark side is complete. And, you know... It just, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow by how fast he flips. You know, it's like, ugh. You ratted him out. You ratted out the Sith Lord to Mace Windu, thought you were doing a great job, and then you started thinking, oh, he's got the secret to immortality. Maybe I should make sure he stays alive. Let me go kill a bunch of kids. Like,
0: it's just. I get uh, you. I get you, buddy. But. I think you're missing the point here. I think the point King Tom is trying to make is that that kid is busting Anakin's balls by calling him Master Skywalker, knowing that he's not really a master. Like, I like King Tom's explanation. (laughs) So Anakin's going in here and he's just thinking, all right, I'm going to kidnap all these kids and we're going to use them for dark side warriors or whatever, right? And and then this kid steps forward and he's like, oh, what's up, Master Skywalker? And he's like, oh, you little son of a bitch. (laughs) Bang, pow. (laughs) That's silly. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I know what you mean, man by how just, fast he, he seems to turn it's um, just the
1: idea of any compassionate regular human being the massacre of children is just so so extreme you know
0: yeah it, I mean it there's no doubt that it is extreme but man like it's brutal man am I fucked up that I kind of like that scene I,
1: I want to say no but yeah
0: I mean, it's not like I'm like, if you were like, sit down right now and give me, bro, bro, look at me. Give me your top 10. Oh, hey, what's up, Star Wars fans? If you want to host hostess cupcake, send in your top 10 Star Wars scenes of all time. I wouldn't be like.
1: The slaughter of the younglings. Yeah,
0: when, the, when he kills the kids, but like, I don't, it's not like I see that scene. I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going on here? Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, it's fucked up. Now, see, see, now I sound like I'm fucking justifying the killing of kids.
1: <laughs>
0: it's crazy. I am looking forward to the um, the 3D Blu-ray box set that's coming out in November. Um, I am not sure if I'm going to get it, though, because um, I want to make sure that the commentary the film commentary with J.J. Abrams can be watched like in a non-3D version because I don't have a 3D TV.
1: Right. You and have like, the super 4K HD TV.
0: Right. but And it looks great. It's just like it's I didn't go 4K and 3D TV. What do you think? I'm fucking made out of money.
1: You know what? If you don't like, you know what I have to say to you, TV manufacturers, don't, I'm not, I'm not made of uh. money. I cannot afford a 3D television. You want me to buy a 3D television? It'd better be a television that projects the scene around me. Like if I'm watching Star Wars, I better feel like I'm flying through space, like to be 3D. I better not have to use glasses. It better be like Holodeck TV.
0: Yeah, then I think I you're going to Bro, I think you're going to be waiting at least a couple of years on that. Maybe if you get a VR Ooh. I wonder if they're going to do like a VR version of Star Wars. Like and you can watch in a VR that, headset. But
1: I wonder where would you sit? Would it immerse you like would it basically be a VR version of um IMAX? Basically, yeah. That's basically what IMAX, it would have Star to be. Wars and the VR helmet would allow you to see it that big.
0: Yeah, like all around your face. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That that's basically what it would be. Now, like there are some VR games. Star Wars games out there like there's this demo um, if you guys want to hear someone's first hand experience with it go and listen to um, the Steel Wars episode where he tries it it's during his I believe his celebration podcast like when he does a a podcast every day during celebration and uh, I believe it's like maybe the HTC Vive is the, the VR headset that you use like you have the headset on and you're you're holding a controller that's your lightsaber and you're a padawan on Tatooine like no way deflecting lightsaber bolts and fucking no. fighting and it's like a short maybe I don't know 10 or 15 minute experience
1: there's a commercial that I saw of this guy with the VR helmet on and then you know, it shows you they're trying to sell you on what he's experiencing, but it was an X-Wing battle. He was like a pr- approaching no, a Star Destroyer that and stuff. Is,
0: that is a VR mission that they're adding to Battlefront on the PlayStation for the PlayStation no. VR. Yeah, no. man. And like, I know it's, once again, it's going to be a short experience, but that alone makes me want to drop the the cash on a PlayStation VR right and it's not getting great reviews but it's also not getting bad reviews
1: i mean talk about the experience like just to be able to have that experience come on Mm -hmm. like
0: i've been telling you what i do occasionally be eating one of those taco bell big box meals that come with the little code that you can text in to try and win a vr just because like you know it could happen to me
1: that's the only (laughs) way a guy like me is gonna get a vr
0: (laughs) right i mean especially right now man like I'm gonna have to, I'm saving up for celebration. I can't be dropping that much money on a fucking lawnmower man setup.
1: The closest thing my broke ass has to virtual reality is dreams.
0: <laughs> the old school virtual reality. That's old school virtual dreams, reality. Dreams, son. Dreams. <laughs> you're on you're that's two belly laughs you've gotten out of me tonight on on jokes, sir. You got one I think before we start. I started. think your
1: funny bonus is just
0: sensitive today. <laughs> I think you maybe. Right. Woo! I think you may be right. Um, <laughs> and they're also coming out with some sort of, I think, a VR experience where you can play as Darth Vader. I think really? that's one of the things they announced at uh, Celebration. Um, I,
1: those, um, you know, I okay. Uh, my dad took me to Disney World when I was in high school and in college. We went younger than that, but there was this four-story arcade at the Disney Pier, and I forget what it was called, but it it had all these, you know, incredible video games in it, and one of the video games was, you know, it was like an attraction, it was a virtual reality experience. You put on the helmet, and then you had, it was like a lightsaber. You know, you had a a controller that was a sword, and it was like like a fire laser sword. It was more like, um... Oh, shit. Uh... What's the, the Herculoids? What was the guy with the sun sword? Oh shit. Uh, ne- never mind. But bro, anyway I don't it know. Was, it was, you know, a knockoff lightsaber. He man basically he, Okay. It was a knockoff lightsaber. <laughs> and you're going around and you know, you're defending yourself and you're killing enemies in this little experience. But I kept thinking for the rest of my life, you know the Star Wars arcade game that you know, there's the Hoth level, there's the Endor level, and the Yavin level and in that two of the boss fights one is you know you're Luke Skywalker with the lightsaber and then you fight Boba Fett and you have to deflect bolts or oh, like yeah. strike at him the and Star then the other Wars one a Star Wars arcade game yeah yeah, yeah. and then you're Luke Skywalker and you fight Darth Vader right. now give me those two boss fights in VR like how incredible just that, those experiences would be like give me that VR sword and you know the same mechanics that's fine it it would still be clunky but if you put me in a vr helmet with those two fights that'd be incredible
0: yeah see the thing i'm running into an issue with is i need to make sure there's enough uh it's actually an issue i ran into part of the reason i never got a wii is like is there enough seated vr experiences for me you know what i'm saying like, because well, I you know, can't be dancing around in my living room swinging a PlayStation Move controller com- pretending I'm Luke Skywalker.
1: Right. I mean, um, it. whatever you do is going to have to be. And that thing, the thing, the experience that I'm talking about at Disney World was stationary. Like, you sat on a stool. It was like rows of stools. Like right, right, right. Like, 16 people sitting on stools and part of that controller, it was kind of like the Wii thing. Like, one was the sword and the other hand was your movement, you know, and a trigger of some sort. So... You were stationary and and I feel like most VR experiences for them to be valid are gonna be have to be stationary because I know I've seen that whole like the treadmill that walks in place and you basically got a band around your waist. Right. I've seen that, you know, and I understand how that works. That's totally feasible and it would be completely immersive, but that not everybody is going to be able to use that. Not everybody's body is going to be able to fit in that, even, you know, the people that can walk in it. And then it eliminates the element of crouching. Like, are you going to crouch in that thing? It doesn't look like it would accommodate a crouch or a laying prone, you know.
0: Yep. Yep, I know what you mean. But the two, like the Rogue One um, X-Wing mission, VR thing, and there's this other game called Eve Valkyrie that is like a space combat. Game. Is that a,
1: any branch of EVE Online?
0: It is. It's like they're... Basically, it's a multiplayer fly around in ships and kill each other game.
1: Well, that sounds incredible.
0: Yeah. For VR, absolutely. Um, and also, I'm thinking of one of the reasons I kind of want to hold off is because, you know, Xbox has their new, more powerful version of the Xbox One coming out next year, the Scorpio. Yeah. And it is supposed to be... Part of the reason they're beefing it up is to make it VR compatible. And they have some sort of partnership with Oculus.
1: I was, that was going to be my next question, whether they had their own gear or they were going to use the Oculus.
0: And I feel like if they do go with Oculus, it's going to be a high, qu- higher quality product than the PlayStation VR. Because that's the one complaint I've, I've seen about people playing the PlayStation VR is like, don't expect high resolution graphics like you're used to nowadays the resolution on the PlayStation VR especially is not that great.
1: It's it's a game of brinkmanship with the console wars. Like, you want to be pushing the button for new technologies, but some of these groundbreaking technologies, you're fighting to be the second one. You know, like, with the motion capture stuff. You know, the Wii was the first one to do it, but what you really want to be is the one that does it second. You know, you want to be the PlayStation Connect, or you want to be... the The xbox connect yeah sorry the xbox connect or the playstation i don't know what they are little ice cream cones move there there you go well that's Um, part
0: part of the vr setup is you have to have the playstation 3 camera or the playstation camera and the playstation moves right because there's a batman vr game how's that that tickle your fancy And it's made by Rocksteady, and, like, you play in first person, and apparently, like, right off the bat, you're in the Batcave, and you got to suit up.
1: Oh, putting on the Gear 3D, that's cool.
0: And I don't think you really fight. I think it's more of, like, you think of the investigation modes in those games. It's that VR. What's the story? The
1: Telltale Games? Yes. If you could do a Telltale VR Batman, that'd be awesome. You know, with the whole detective mode and stuff like that, that'd be tight.
0: I tell you what. I played the first chapter of the Telltale Batman game that just came out. Yeah. Really good. Really, really good. And I think the second one's out. That reminds me. I'm going to make a note for myself. I'm going to download that and play that this weekend. That's I like those Telltale games, man.
1: The evolution of like those books where it used to be like, to do so-and-so, go to yeah, page Yeah, choose 40. your own adventure.
0: Yeah. So uh, real quickly before we end, I don't want to miss it. I think we actually have... Some voice messages from our buddy Steve. I want to make sure that these aren't old, so sorry. Right, bro, I'm just listening to Rogue One. Okay, this is about Rogue One. Will. Aha. Dude, how amazing. Ah. Uh, we is telling Vader about the. Oh man, I turned the volume down. Shit.
1: Dude, I think you cut Steve's the voicemail off last time.
0: I'm sorry, Steve, man. I'm <laughs> like you guys should know by now that like you're not you're not tuning in for professional quality here. I'm a fuck up. Let me get this fixed.
1: You ain't no fuck up. Okay,
0: hold on. a nice lion out of the space pimp himself. It's, oh, so good.
1: I I still see people online that I'm excited about this movie. That they're not interested in it. It's like are, they, are you crazy? This movie looks amazing. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? On how Ben Mendelssohn looks. Very limited exposure so far,
0: but he looks fantastic. Give me your thoughts. Okay, sorry Steve. I, it won't happen next time, buddy. It's been a long week. Um, <clears throat> so what do you think? What do you think about how uh, Ben Mendelssohn, hashtag Mendo, looks on um, Rogue One.
1: Incredible. I mean, just, incre- I, you know, we talked about this when the trailer dropped, that whole conversation with Vader, the way he approaches, you know, Professor Erso. Yeah. I don't even know if he's a professor, but I assume... <laughs> professor Urso. He, since he's got all the, the knowledge, th- you know, it's just a title I will bequeath upon him. But... You know, critics the whole snips of his behavior and the way he asserts himself, you know, he's going to be an incredible villain.
0: Right. I think so, too, man. Uh, and the, the character design, that costume, nailed it. Casting, nailed it. That's why, like, anybody so far, like, just look at the casting we've gotten in the first two movies. Like, trust them when they cast someone like Aaron Aldenreich or... um Donald Glover as Lando. Although I'll be honest like the immediate reaction I saw on Twitter for him as Lando was very positive. So of that course was it nice. Was. I mean, hey, like it should be. Um,
1: you know, and his costume. Yes. You know, I know that costume design seems fairly simple, but talk about, you know, the ones that are the most successful are the ones that are simple and iconic. Right. And I believe you're going to see a Comic-Con full of you know director critics oh, because
0: there will be because that's not that hard to pull off for that's one that's
1: exactly what I was going to say because it's it's iconic and it is you know easier than some to pull off it's easier than Darth Vader it's easier than Boba Fett you know any Mandalorian
0: they need it's to a, do a like easier a, than a
1: Jedi you know
0: so okay do you know what the running of the Willrow hoods is at celebration no okay so in the background in empire strikes back um there is when they're all evacuating there's a guy that runs by and he's wearing like a full red jumpsuit like a solid red jumpsuit and he's carrying a piece of equipment that is an ice cream maker like the props department just basically gave him an ice cream department or ice cream maker and was like go go run across the scene you know what i'm saying Yeah, like when you because it's it happens real quick, but if you like freeze frame it on him, he's running with an ice cream maker, right? So there's a running of the Wilro hoods at celebration where all these people dress up as him, and he's like, uh, if I remember correctly, he's like got dark hair and a mustache, so people wear like like a mustache, fake mustache, or a real mustache, and have like dark hair and the red jumpsuit, and they'll carry ice cream makers and just run through celebration. Talking about ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Like saying ice cream a whole bunch. Happens yeah. every year. I want sounds a, good. I want a fucking running of the critics.
1: That sounds epic. I mean, I know Everybody's what it is, just but like, running around if saying you didn't know what that was.
0: <laughs> right? I think they even did a Will Hood action figure.
1: Ice cream maker and all.
0: So... yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't understand people that aren't excited for Rogue One.
1: Those aren't real people.
0: (laughs) They're robots. They're lizard people. Lizard people live among us. Yeah. Anybody's like, nah, I'm not really feeling Rogue One, you know. You know. That's how you know. That's a lizard person.
1: You can tell them to go back to the Hollow Earth.
0: Ooh. All right. Well, let's put a fucking bullet in this one. Put this one out of its misery. I think that's going to do it for us tonight, buddy. Thanks for coming and recording with me or taking the time to record with me, rather. Hey,
1: you know I love it.
0: Uh, If you guys want to follow Will on Twitter, you should, at WillWitten3. That's me. You can support the band who provided our theme music, Stoned Cobra, by checking them out on Spotify, on iTunes, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com.
1: And if you're in the Southeast, or you're not, even if you're not, you should come see them play. It's, uh, it's an experience it's that a, you will love.
0: It's a real good and time. And you will
1: never forget. And odds are you'll see uh, one Mr. Hawes Burkhardt there.
0: Yeah, I haven't been to the last couple. I need to do something about that. I've been so damn busy that like, if they play on a weeknight because of recording this podcast and the other podcast, editing the other podcast, editing and posting this podcast, and my regular amount of work, Like, it's tough to make a weeknight one. Now, the weekends, that is, that's my bad. Well, not that it's their bad, but weekends, sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go out. But, yeah, I need to to rectify that and go to one soon. It's a good time.
1: It's a haven for people with big beards, tattoos, and fans of heavy metal.
0: That's like a fucking quote for their, their, their book, eventually. The Stone Cobra autobiography
1: and good beer. I left out good beer.
0: Yep. 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 Man, well, you got me off on another tangent. I was just thinking that one day, like I've got some pretty funny stories from going to shows with them yeah, and stuff. And like, I don't know one day we might light that candle. Cause there's a couple of funny ones with goose. There was this one time we went to see them at city stages and Jeff almost got arrested for underage drinking.
1: I remember the story. And Goose was shirtless, was he not?
0: Goose was indeed shirtless. And to be complete... Ah, we don't need to get into this. We'll tease yes. it. We'll tease, we'll tease it. it. We next, just teased it. Next time we go off on a tangent, Will, remind me of the time Jeff Ling, who's been a guest on the show a couple of times, went to a Stone Cover show with us and almost got arrested for underage drinking it would be an excellent excellent story to tease anyway so support that band that's a that's a nice little spot for them um, get our stuff at tpublic.com slash podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next week for Blue Harvest a Star Wars podcast I'm your host Hals Burkhart and I'm your host Will Witten may the force be with you may
1: the force be with
0: all of you our cruisers can't repel firepower of that magnitude